All right, fun employment. Yes, today is my first day um, with my own job. I'm my own boss. Oh, man. Um, and I, I quit my job because why the fuck not? What benefits um, do you give yourself? I, um, I can set my own schedule. I can masturbate mid-work day multiple times. I mean, most people out. do that anyway. Uh, yeah, especially work from home. Oh, got to. Um, I, I made some whiteboards for myself. I've surrounded my whole room with whiteboards. They're nice. You're really working towards a wonderful mind room. It yeah. is. My, my friend, I sent a picture, described it as, he was like, oh, you made a WeWork. <laughs> Just like <laughs> generic table and like cup of pens. He's like, yeah, it's a WeWork. You, oh, you have a pyramid scheme now that it. you run yeah. your house. <laughs> You're a cult leader. Yeah, you know, hey, I'm wearing a cult leader t-shirt right now. Ooh, who's that? Jim Jones. What a guy. What a fella. I believe in Jim Jones, which frankly is ironic because Jim Jones had a message of racial equality and racial justice was a big part of his movement. And you, as previously discussed, are a proud boy. This is false information. I do not subscribe to your notions, and it is not true. I am not a proud boy. Oh, I'm sorry. You're just an avid fan of a guy who killed a thousand people. Oh, I was the, the Jim I was, Jones. I not like the proud boy. I, like, who are you talking about? <laughs> um, I think there were more killed than that. I don't know. He's an interesting fella. Jimmy J. Jimmy J. He's an oh. interesting guy. He had a rainbow family. He was pretty gay too. He. He almost took over the Divine Lorraine in Philadelphia. He tried. He tried to poach all their people, and they ran him out of town. I was reading a book called Cheesesteak, and it was a it was memoirs of a guy that grew up in like the fifties in Philadelphia, and he talked about how people used to go to like they'd have like nickel chicken dinners at the Divine Lorraine. The only catch was you had to like listen to them preach while you ate. Would you have to like listen to Father or watch Father Divine do like a bullshit fake? cancer healing i mean pretty much yeah but like every all the poor kids would go because it was like a good dinner and you could just like oh go yeah yeah food. no father divine and jim jones both a lot right. of poor people they, they brought them in welcomed them with open arms and then uh and one of them murdered a bunch of them yeah jimmy jimmy wasn't a great guy he was friends with harvey milk though so yeah they're buddy buddy I, have i ever told you about my harvey milk theory go on so um, Harvey Milk and Jim Jones were friends, and Jim Jones was once caught masturbating in a movie theater, much like Paul Rubens and um, Fred Willard, I believe. Ripped in peace. Fred Willard? Well, okay. Oh, we got to cancel that dead fool. No, no, no. So what happened, what, what I always thought, I heard he got caught like Paul Rubens did, and I was like, oh my God, Fred Willard was masturbating in a porn theater. And it turns out he was just going into one, and people like photographed him, and he was like, so whatever what do you want me to do it's the 1990s or whatever <laughs> this so is where not, pornography lives yeah, i mean it was how else would you access it i always thought they were just like equal things like they both got caught peewee yeah now i've never been to a a porno theater but i want to like i remember even as a somewhat young i think it was in middle school or something when like peewee and that all went down or when i learned about it yeah i was like isn't that what you would do i mean i think it is and i think it's like an accepted thing that if you go to one you're going to do it but like 
he was just at the wrong place. I also think it was a gay porn theater that he was at, so that might have had something to do with it. Okay. Do you think maybe like they rolled on him because it was Pee Wee? They sold Probably. him out? Yeah. <laughs> the government's it's the like, If you're going to imagine, imagine you own a porn theater and you have to like, kick out everybody who's tugging it, <laughs> run out of business so fast. Uh, um, and then you just have people leaving the movie theater outside jacking it behind the theater. John Waters. Them. John Waters is really good friends with Paul Rubens and um and Jim Jones. Correct. And they're all friends. They all live. Okay. Wait. Okay. Forget this John Waters. Let's story. make the sitcom. Let me get back to the point. So um Jim Jones was famously caught jerking it in a theater in San Francisco to I think it was a Clint Eastwood movie. I think it might have been Dirty Harry? I'm not 100% sure. But my theory is that Harvey Milk was there with him, and Jim was like, you have a political career. You gotta get out of here. You're gonna get busted. And Jim took the nut heat for his... I think they were both up there, like, having fun. Uh, That's a fascinating theory. And coincidentally, Harvey Milk was assassinated, I think, like, the day after the Guyana killings broke. Wow. And it actually buried a lot of the press. It did. That's right. Yes, that's correct. Woodstock also happened like right around the same time. Maybe that's not true. No, that's false. Okay, sorry. There was another, there were like three really big things that happened and the two buried the massacre. Couldn't tell you what they were though. Anyway, so uh, what's the show we're recording now? So this is Dern After Reading. And this is an adventure. I am Max, this is Nick. And we are on a quest to, between the two of us, consume every piece of film and television and Wook music video that Laura Dern has been in. It's It's been an arduous journey. I think this is our 16th installment, which means between us, we have watched a lot of Laura Dern, like 32, something like that. 32 Dern. Yeah. And so how, when does this end? Well, <laughs> when, do, when is it over, Nick? When can we stop doing this? Well, I hate to tell you, but there are a few series she was in that run quite long. So true. we're going to be at this for a while, unfortunately. Uh, so join us. That was it. So I felt I was like, I'll do like the intro. But then I'm like, I don't know what to say yeah, now. So, uh, thanks for listening to this ad for Dern After Reading. We're done now. Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess we should do the show. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Did you watch your thing? I did. Cool. What was it this I week? Did. I did. I watched. I watched for for a big dern. I watched J T. Leroy. J. And Boy. this is a very interesting story. This is. Uh, it's somewhat convoluted. It's a true story. I'm going to talk a lot about all sorts of weird meta narratives and performances and yet this movie sucked (laughs) so how do you led with that yeah let's just get that out of the way um jt Leroy is a movie where Kristen stewart from the twilight films she she visits her older brother and meets his girlfriend, who is Laura Dern. <gasps> Laura Dern. Who she, she plays a woman named ah, shit. I don't even remember like her 
there are so many names because there are many personas. She plays a woman. As is often the case with Laura Jaren, I've noticed. I, I have not yet seen her play a man, but I will hold out for that day. <laughs> she, so her character, she's sort of like a punk rock girlfriend. She's sort of like wavy, crystally, like she's a, you know, little hippy dippy, but sort of punk. Um, and she seems kind of like cool and confident, but also fucking annoying. <laughs> you get that vibe pretty quick. She's like <laughs> intrusive and kind of like she's very sort of self-absorbed. They go to a party, the three of them, and afterwards, Laura Dern's like, I can't believe, like, oh, did you see so-and-so? Like, she was just, bleh, like, she sucked. And, like, if only she knew I was a best-selling author. And it's like, wow. what? This woman who seems kind of nuts? Best-selling author? Yeah. Cool. So she wrote a book. She wrote three books under the pseudonym Jeremiah Transformer Leroy, a.k.a. J.T. Leroy. My favorite Transformer, by the way. (laughs) So these books were big hits in the 90s. So now we're we're getting into the true story behind this because it does does set the stage for this film. Um, It was, there were big hits. They were all about written from the perspective of a young boy slash trans man. I haven't read the books and couldn't quite get a definitive answer, but it's about um, JT Leroy is 16 and is a prostitute. His mom is a prostitute, is a lot lizard in West Virginia. Yes, and he, he has like a kindly sort of pimp who specifies in like, girl boys it's called in the book so some sort of there's some gender fluidity gender bending there's some interesting queerness that gets presented in the film um but again the film still sucks um so these books were a big hit and no one knew who this reclusive young man was who wrote these even though they were labeled as fiction right Mm -hmm. so but like there was some what like who who wrote these and who actually wrote these was laura dern's character laura that's why i couldn't think of her name because it's the same name jk rowling famous awful woman (laughs) god yeah i'm I'm so glad that jk rowling is just a turf monster at the moment like like what what a lovely twist because i was getting sick of everybody just yeah i mean all right they're wizard books they're fine she's fine she's a billionaire cool and now she's like hey trans people don't exist it's like oh good fuck yourself cool for the past few years she's been like tiptoeing around everyone hating her like she'll say a little thing here and there and everyone's like you're on thin ice and she finally went through like yesterday oh yeah she just tripled down (laughs) i'm like why I don't get what, like, why is this a fascination? <laughs> like, you know what's the real problem? <laughs> like, our society where there's a pandemic and poverty and war and global warming. It's like, there are some people whose gender I don't understand. And that's important. <laughs> that's, that's what really matters. That's what I want to talk about. Think of the children. What, what do they care? 
Who gives a shit? I just want more wizard book. <laughs> Bring on the wizard book. Um, so let's 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 take that backstory about these real books that Laura Jern's character Laura Albert wrote. Yes, and bring it back into the movie. So, on the book cover, right? She has so there's a picture of this young, this teenage boy, but sort of androgynous, like a sort of pixie haircut and sort of feminine in the face. Um, and Kristen Stewart's like, "Where'd you, where'd you get that picture?" She's like, "Found it at a thrift shop." And she's like, "You know, it'd be great." Oh my god, Kristen Stewart has this pixie haircut, and she's like. Well, it would be great if you, like, there's a photo shoot. I've been on the phone pretending to be JT. And, like, you would be great if you would just, like, do a photo shoot as this fake person. Because people think it's a real person. Because I've been, like, selling this ruse because I'm nuts. But we'll get there. <laughs> And she's like, uh, I don't know, that sounds weird. And Marjan's like, you gotta do it. Like, be, she gives off all this energy. Like, she's like a manic pixie dream girl, but it's all self-serving. <laughs> and so, like, props to Laura Dern for, that's a tough character to really bring out. But man, it makes this movie so, like, it, it, I have no sympathy for this woman. And the fact that she wrote, like, amazing books is not a focus at all in this film. It's just about, like, oh, she's just manipulating this woman to pretend to be this guy. Anyway, Kristen Stewart's like, I don't know. And then she's like, all right, I'll do it. You talked me into it, Laura Dern. And it's just that times eight. (laughs) <laughs> right because then it's then it's like an interview and Kristen Stewart is just is Justin Bieber like that's clearly 100% the character she's drawing on it's just like it's like Kate McKinnon doing beads like they she's oh, always no. wearing like a wig and she's like got like oversized baggy clothes to like hide her her feminine features and she's just like quiet and like this sort of brooding, like just like weird guy doing weird hand stuff. Very Biebs. And that was kind of cool. Like she was good at it. So not only did Kirsten play a fake trans boy, but also the movie was bad, so it wasn't even worth it. Yeah, no. Cool. But we'll, I mean, we'll get into, you know, this movie isn't awful this movie's awful. I don't know. you kind of no this movie but this movie has redeeming qualities i'm okay. able to see the little sparkling gems in this heaping turd <laughs> so so then it like escalates and dern pretends to be a british woman named speedy and she does like a bad british accent which again is impressive but annoying for like (laughs) most of this movie she's pretending to be speedy who's like jt's sort of handler and answers all these questions like on his behalf like she knows the answers he doesn't say a word people are like wait why isn't he answering she's like he's very shy (laughs) but like he's very shy and i'm speedy and i need to be involved and she clearly 
is building this resentment. So what happens, and what happened IRL, is that JT became sort of famous in certain circles. And so there are pictures of the real fake JT Leroy and Laura Alpert and like Courtney Love. And that's actually, that's a wonderful picture. And apparently they were tight with like Tom Waits, Billy Corgan, Gus Van Zandt, like all these people, which like kind of gets at the stupidity of like what like cool Hollywood people were like in the 90s that they're like, yeah, and this, this guy wrote this books and like he never says anything and this is boy JT. Nick is looking, I believe, at the oh, photo. Yes, I am looking at the photo of Courtney Love with... With, like, her just face. runny ma- mascara. Yeah. That is actually a fantastic picture. It is, yeah. Ooh, no, it's, it's beautiful. And so, speaking of Courtney Love, guess who has a supporting role in this film? Is it, is it Courtney Love? It's, no, it's Kurt Cobain. Oh, oh wait, wait a minute. He's back! He was dead. Oh, and this movie is from 2018. I should say that. This is recent. It did feel weird that, like, Chris, Kristen Stewart is, like, maybe supposed to be, like, college age or fresh out of college. And then it's, like, her older brother who's maybe, like, 35. And then Laura Dern, who's just, like, it's, like, is she, she's, like, 50? <laughs> and it felt, it was, like, this weird age dynamic. It was hard to, like, pinpoint. Yeah, I could see that being... But so, interesting. so Courtney Love is in it and there's just like kind of this stupid performative, because all this is, is a performance of this nutso woman, Laura Albert. Like she made the, you know, she wrote great books, apparently. Cool. They sound fun. They sound great. Like it's all that lens is sort of magical realism, like lot prostitution and poverty in West Virginia and like fun and vibrant and funny. Um, so they sound really cool. I, I want to read them. I would also like to check those out, honestly. Yeah. But so like they go to Courtney Love's house who's not, who's playing, I don't know, an actress or a producer. Everyone's fighting for rights for JT's movie. And they all think JT's a real person. And so they go to Courtney Love's house and returns like, I stole you some stuff out of the neighbor's recycling and like gives her like a Neiman Marcus bag and she pulls out like a can of beans and like a half-eaten thing of like pearl onions, like a full jar of pearl onions. And it's like that kind of stupid punk fun shit where it's like, it's like, all right, when like the Dadaists did this a hundred years ago, it was a little more inventive. But now you're just like, kind of just like, hey, let's fuck around. Cool. We're so <laughs> art. Weird. We're so art. Yeah, like, let's be weird. And so, okay. So Dern gets angrier and more resentful of kind of JT getting this acclaim, even after she's like, you have to be JT. She's like, I don't want to, I don't want to, but she keeps doing it. And so this comes to a head when, and uh, this, this gets, this is nuts. So, so let's see, let me see if I could like 
connect all the dots here. So in the movie, there is a woman named Ava who is a Hollywood actress, a successful, beautiful actress and director who wants to direct this film adaptation and play JT's mother. Got it? Got it. So at this, they go to Paris. They're like getting schmooze to try to like get the rights to this. And Kristen Stewart and this woman hook up. And that's one where it gets really interesting on sort of the, the queerness of the movie where we don't learn the specifics and we, it's like, we don't know if she found out she's a woman or if she cares or knew like, or if it's totally irrelevant, like both um, Kristen Stewart and Laura Dern's characters identify as bisexual in this movie. Um, Oh, I should say Kristen Stewart's name is Savannah Noop. We'll get into Savannah a bit more. (laughs) And, okay, so that woman, that actress, they hook up. Laura Dern is not happy about that. And she's like, did you fuck her? And earlier, Laura Dern had said, like, it's like if you're worried you're getting trapped or you don't know because you're just, like, lying through your teeth about being this person. Um, it's like a Chinese finger puzzle. Like, the deeper you go, like, the, that's how you get out of it. And so there's this very funny line where Laura Dern's like, did you fuck her? And so what we do see is a, a fingering happen. Uh, oh. Uh, yes. And like a, like a down the pants fingering from uh, uh-huh. Kristen Stewart to this Ava, the actress. Mm. And so she's like, did you fuck her? And she says, it's like, a t- it's like you said, it's a Chinese finger puzzle, which is like such a good burn in that moment. That, that's pretty good. I wouldn't have to remember that. But, okay, so what's crazy about that whole subplot. So then Kristen Stewart sort of hung up on her, but then they meet, and she's like, it was a drunk hookup. Like, what'd you think? Like, we were going to, like, be together? And mind you, Kristen Stewart's supposed to be a 19-year-old young man at this point. Yes. This actress is, like, 35 or something. So it's already, it's, like, this, like she, and she, like, comes on to him from the jump. So it's already, like, that's, like, a weird dynamic. Like, this woman's just pursuing this, what she thinks is just, like, a, you know, barely an adult. And so what gets really weird about that? Do you know who Asia Argento is? Asia Argento. I'm not sure. I want to say a wrestler, but I know that isn't right. <laughs> You're thinking of China. That's it. <laughs> China's a wonderful wrestler. Oh, word association. Asia Argento is an actress, an Italian actress, apparently. I don't know what she's been in, except that she played the actual mother. Oh of in in an actual film adaptation of one of these books and there was an actor so like presumably given that this is based in reality like that she was clearly the the stand-in this Ava woman is the stand-in for Asia Mm -hmm. and so potentially this actress did in fact hook up with who she thought was a 19 year old young man and what gets fucking crazy about that 
is there was a boy who, who acted in that film as a young JT, who was seven at the time. When he was 17, oh, Asia Argento uh, was accused Harvey Weinstein of rape, which, you know, probably happened because he's a monster piece of shit rapist, needless to say. Like, let's not forget, we got a lot of shit going on. Let's just, like, remind ourselves, oh, yeah, that fuckbag. He got coronavirus, so. So she was really vocal. She was very um, vocal, anti-Weinstein, very, you know, at, at the forefront of the Me Too movement. And then she settled for $380,000 when she was sued by the, uh, the actor who is 17 now at the time where he says she sexually assaulted him and they had met when he was a seven-year-old boy Whew. playing JT Leroy, who maybe she also hooked up with it's weird, man. This is just a stew of boning and confused people. Yes. Yeah. That's like, that's how all the reality behind this feels. Man. So like, fuck her. Anyway, back to the movie. So I don't know. Like that shit just keeps happening. Like Kristen Stewart's still like, I don't want And... Dern, so Dern's like emailing Ava, but Kristen Stewart's the one who hooked up with her. So it's like they're both trying to blah, blah, blah. Anyway, (laughs) so eventually the ruse gets found out, as it were. Someone recognizes um, this woman, Savannah, who's a waitress, as she's like, wait, you're JT. Like, I saw you. I know you are. It all gets revealed. Oh, my gosh. What a scandal. And so, so then, so, right, this whole movie presents Laura Dern as just this selfish like she wants it all she's self-centered she everything she's doing feels manipulative like she's trying to get Kristen Stewart to do this all for her benefit because she wants like this just this weird dumb ruse to grow and grow for reasons unknown aim cucking her it's so weird yes and like I wrote down at one point like Dern makes the right apologies but I don't believe her one bit like, it's, there's no reason to trust this woman as presented. Yeah. And then it ends with, like, she's, Laura Dern's doing a book signing, and she's kind of got, so now she's got, like, the fame, and Kristen Stewart's there, and Laura Dern says, like, you know, I couldn't give JT the body that he deserved and he found that in Savannah. And it's like this, oh, isn't that nice and wholesome? Like they can hold hands, but it completely betrays like the narrative up to that point, which is this presenting that Savannah got totally screwed by this and was just like strung along for this, basically this con. Um, And then Dern, but then Dern does throw in just this mean, so Savannah's then going to move to New York and write, and that's sort of our, our coda to the film. And Dern says to her, she's like, 
you know, just because you played a writer doesn't mean you are one, which is just like her level of spite and pettiness and just like, that's this character. So it sucked to watch. It was well-performed, but it was just miserable. But then probably my favorite part of the movie, because it reminded me how good this song is, um, the credits kick in and it's Celebrity Skin by Hole, which is like (laughs) the perfect song. And it's like, yeah, Courtney Love is the only person I liked in this movie. So that works wonderfully. Um, But let's talk a little bit about Savannah Nope. 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 K-N-O-O-P. Savannah Nope. Who is Kristen Kristen Stewart portrays. So this apparently was clearly written based off of her own memoir because it throws Laura Albert under the bus super hard. But this Savannah Noop did this for six years and like chose to do this and like built this whole following. So it's like, you didn't, maybe at some point you like got taken down this road by like a compelling Laura Dern, but this is clearly you just choosing to pretend to be this guy for why. It's ridiculous. And if you want to see, ladies and gentlemen, the stupidest haircut I have ever seen, you're going to want to Google Savannah Noop. And Nick, before you look at it, I'm going to try to describe it. And I, I, then I want you to see it and let me know if it does it justice. Okay. I have not entered yet. Go Imagine, okay, like a, like a friar sort of bowl cut, like a sharp sharp lined bowl cut so it's like a fade on the side and then just a sharp level like a circle of hair and the front is just the shortest bangs there could possibly be and there's like a circle of that but then a shaved ring around that and then what appears to be like a yarmulke shape of long hair left on top tied into a long braid folded like to the front it's so stupid. I hate these people. It looks like so, like party monster. It's like Ooh. it's like art school just tried too fucking hard, man. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, this is. I there's some photos of her where it does where she's wearing a hat and it looks better. Yeah, it's it, like, but there are enough where it's like, what is that? It's a, sort of like. That's it feels rock. like a like a racist Asian like ninja caricature character. It like half that, right? Like the braid and the the shape. It's weird. It's a weird fucking haircut. It's a choice, man. Good, good. Color. Yeah, which like, and yeah. like after knowing the story, it's like yeah, you would have that haircut. <laughs> you seem like that kind of person. You seem very much like that kind of person. Holy cow! Good, good for her. I guess having that kind of you can't buy. It that kind of confidence that's true Ugh. unless you pretend to be a fake person for six years yes so laura albert so apparently right this this presentation is clearly like overly on savannah Noop's side but apparently and i haven't watched any interviews with her or anything but there's another there's a documentary with laura albert and She's, as presented, the most self-serving, just (laughs) shameless liar. And so her story, and like maybe this part is true-ish, it's still strange, was that she was calling like suicide hotlines and crisis hotlines, but 
like needed to embody characters to really get her voice out. And so took on this character of JT Leroy and grew out of that. But as this woman is presented in this film, it's, it feels like that's all bullshit too. And like she wrote good books and that's cool. And she's just a liar and did this whole stunt for reasons unknown. Question. Sure. So are you saying that she would call suicide hotlines and just like improv or she would call them and the only way she could express herself was through a different person's identity kind of? Presented as the latter. Okay. But... I mean, not great. But still. then took on like a whole, like she's talking like JT's real. And it's like, this is a character. character. You made this person up. <laughs> the story isn't your life. You made it up. And that's, that's what's up here. Was the operator at the suicide hotline just like, your life sounds fascinating. You should write about this. I don't know. Yes, I guess. It's so, ugh. Once you're on that New York Times list, all those feelings, they go away. <laughs> So yeah, unpleasant. Didn't care for it. Good, good acting. Good soundtrack. It was a lot of those like 90s sort of punk rock jams. It was cool uh, in that regard. And very little other regard. Well, you know. Don't watch it. Sometimes you get a hole and sometimes you don't. I, I beg your pardon? I don't know. I was... Talk. Sometimes you get a hole and sometimes you don't. Look, Max, love is love. It's Pride Month. We can't judge people for this month alone. <laughs> um, I, I was trying to make a joke. It's, it's suspend our judgment month. I was trying to make a joke about Courtney Love's band and I thought it would work and be like funny. And oh, hole, that hole. But it didn't and it just sounded dumb. I really wasn't sure which hole you were talking about. Well, Max, it can be any hole because it's Pride Month. It's Pride Month. And as we know, Nick, you are a very proud boy. <laughs> oh, Max. Oh, Max, Max, Max. You want to hear what's between my derns? Yeah, speaking of holes, what's between your derns? Oh, Max, I need to see a doctor bad. Um, no, I'm not infected anymore. Everything's looking good. The cream is working. Swelling's down. Proud of you. Hey, I, I, heard, I felt you gearing up to say something else, but you, you, you geared No, I pulled back. You reeled back. I'm proud of you. Your suppositories must be working. What's between your, your Durans, Nick? Well, you know, I haven't really been doing much um, media consumption this week. I've uh, I've been butching it up. I'm cleaning and redoing my childhood bedroom. Ooh. Spackling, I'm painting. I tore out the carpet to put some hardwood in. Wow, look at you. I'm a, I'm a handy boy. I'm a Tim the Toolman Taylor over here. <laughs> what's, uh, what's the impetus for all this? Um, you know, I've been home for, what, three and a half months now? And uh, I needed something to do. It's been on the list for a while. The carpet is full of vomit from when I was a child. Like kid vomit or like drinking adolescent vomit? Or drinking kid vomit? It was all drinking kid vomit. I was yeah. a holy baby. Um, no, I just always threw up a bunch when I was little. I threw up a few times recently, but, you know, it was mostly concentrated to my childhood. Excuse sure. me. 
did you have so was your room up until this point like a kid's room still no i mean it wasn't like puppy dogs and airplanes or anything like that it was like it had like a green wall a few white walls it had some gray carpet it was pretty simple i mean you know i lived there into my 20s so it had like a bunch of weird stuff it still does but i'm slowly moving the weird stuff to philly where i belong with my garbage people yep uh, but yeah, so I've been working on that. Um, I, I go back to work this weekend. I am now an essential worker as of Friday. I will you're, be. You're se- <laughs> Bartenders are essential. Oh, Max. If this you whole thing is so stupid. Oh, we're you all going to die. You know how many, how many life-changing secrets I know about people? <laughs> That's how being a bartender works. Somebody walks into the bar, you go up to them and say, hey, and they said, I, they say to you, I just cheated on my wife. And then you go, okay, it's happy hour till six. Let me know what you want. And then you walk away. That's- and then you go, can I see your ID? And then you snap a little pic, print it, you get a Polaroid, you just write cheated on the back. <laughs> yes, we have a famous cheating wall in the, in the bathroom <laughs> where we put all this self, um, self, uh, Self-said cheaters. I couldn't think of the real word, so here we are. Um, there is one other thing that's been in my craw that I think I should talk about. Well, what's in that? It's not really a in my craw. It's just a it's a curiosity. Here and there, since I've been home, I've been watching the uh, Food Network, as one does when you have cable again. And there's all these shows where they'll go to like a a restaurant in Mississippi, and they'll be talking about their famous fried frog heads or whatever. And they'll interview like three people and it'll be three people that really love them. And they'll be talking like, oh, it's the best food ever. I eat them every day. My grandma says they're the best, blah, 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 blah. I just was, I think about all the videos they don't use. How many interviews of just a boring man talking about a sandwich are sitting in like a room full of hard drives at the Food Network headquarters and no it's true so and like or like there's videos of people that were like they were so good and then like they accidentally said the n-word or something so they couldn't use that one which has definitely happened they go very deep into the south for some of those food shows um can i tell you (laughs) a reality tv show nightmare that cracks me up oh please I have a dear friend. You have met this friend uh, when he visited Philadelphia and we went into your place of business. Ah, yes, Papa John. (laughs) Your friend, Papa. My friend, Papa John. Actually, you'd think he'd be the Proud Boys friend, if anybody. But, so this friend works as a camera operator in television and was working on a show working on a farm and the idea was like he and one other producer were basically lived on this farm and it was months of documenting like the harvest and the family farm and it was kind of it was the show with like four different family farms or something mm-hmm. and he was on one of these farms and the the family was supposed to be presented as, you know, just a good, wholesome Southern family. Oh, no. And that's what they had to film, and that's how they had to cut it, and that's the spin they had to put on it, and they knew that, and that was their job, and he was stuck just away from everything, just in bumfuck 
with these people. And the 13-year-old was just harass him and just call him very inappropriate things, really oh. fucked up things, oh. and just bully him, just getting <laughs> mercilessly bullied by this child who was I a terror. That. And the whole family, oh, they were racist. They sucked. They were monsters. Oh. And then he's got to just spend this whole time just, you know, here's America's family, and that's what he had to do for a paycheck. and. Yep. That sounds... Yeah, he's got issues now. I bet. <laughs> if you're listening, racist 13-year-old boy, you did that. And then there was the time that uh, the farmer's daughter came on to him and they got chased away. That probably happened. He's a looker. This guy stood. Hey, man. Love is love, especially out in the country. Yeah, then Papa busts out his shotgun. You know the rest. Yeah, the pitchfork, maybe. Send out the hounds. And you gotta marry her. True. At gunpoint. <laughs> I've done it. We've all done it. That's why they call it a shotgun wedding. The Pennsylvania tradition. <sighs> you got anything else in there? Oh, my derns are plum, plum tuckered. They are empty. <laughs> drained. Fluid Ew. has been drained. What's uh, what's called? Closed it all out. Ugh. <laughs> Um, I also haven't been much in the way of consuming media, except, oh, I'm reading, I may have already mentioned this on the pod. Avid listeners, let me know. I've already talked about The Conquest of Bread. I'm reading a book by Peter Kropotkin, which offers a different way of how society could operate to the benefit of all. And it was written, I don't know, like a hundred years ago. And it's really good. And it's an easy read. I recommend it. This ain't Das Kapital by Marx. And it's um, specifically anarchist theory. And it's regarded as kind of one of the best, most seminal texts of anarchist theory. And now, especially at a time of uncertainty, where we're watching protests, we're seeing uh, power shifts and structural challenges uh, and opportunities. Hey, read some anarchist shit. It's great. It offers a beautiful vision. So that I've been doing that. Um, as discussed, I quit my job so I could just try, like everything's nuts and it was driving me insane. And I was spending my days helping build out Salesforce implementations for companies that like sell ads or are for-profit schools. And it was like, this feels like an utter waste of time, first during a pandemic and now during like mass civil unrest. And I had a little saved up. And so I quit. I said, I don't know exactly what I'm going to do, but I'm going to try to devote myself towards, I don't know, helping anyone. So I say that only to suggest to any listeners, like if you're, if you have the opportunity to do that, right? If you want, if you feel like this is a time where you want to help people and you have the means to help people in whatever way, do it. If you have the means to quit your job, if your job is not helpful at the moment and just help people and go volunteer or protest or share your thoughts, um, hey, 
I'm trying it out. So far, I'm into it. And I one think day in, you're pretty. Can. pretty one soft. day in, yeah. You know, uh, I think the Chippendales Junior is really going to miss you, but I'm glad you're doing the middle <laughs> thing. <laughs> you were a great male stripper for kids' parties, but now you're doing the other thing, and more power to you, Max. Sex workers are the best. It's actually how Nick and I met. There weren't even any kids there. He just hired me. <laughs> it's funny. Max is so tiny. He just looks like a little, he looks like a far away Chippendales dancer. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the little collar. It's fun. Uh, <laughs> so you, your Dern's all drained, Max? Yeah, I guess that's about it. Well, that's fine. We both- oh, wait. No, that's not it. That's not it at all. In the back there. I saw a film that it's shameful that I had not yet seen this film because no doubt I would love it. You've already heard me on this podcast gush about the film Francis Ha starring Greta Gerwig. And I watched Greta Gerwig's directorial debut, Lady Bird. And it lived up to the hype. I knew it would. And now in my mind... It, it shares a lot of themes with uh, some Noah Baumbach films, the ones that Greta Gerwig starred in. And so I see this sort of, if anyone's interested in what I'm considering an unofficial trilogy of youth into adulthood, it starts with Lady Bird about um, a high school student. And next is Noah Baumbach's film Mistress America, which is... Uh, about a young woman in college who meets uh, an older, more comfortable in her life, amazing Greta Gerwig. And then the third film is Frances Ha, where an early 30-something is sort of struggling to figure out uh, what they ought to pursue. And they're all um, made with so much love for these characters, often flawed characters, and they are all about creation and passion and doing what drives you and i love all three of them and that timothy chalamet i don't get it no he ate a cum peach what do you want from what what beg your pardon have you not seen call me by your name i have not well uh i'd hate to spoil it for you but uh he eats a peach that someone had sex with okay and uh, that's pretty much the whole movie. <laughs> I mean, hey, gross peach makes great cinema. That's a classic. If you could stretch that out for two hours, good for him. If you come in a peach in the first act, you have to make it pay off in the third. That's what <laughs> I always say. <sighs> you know, I, I, hate to, I hate to take a turn back, but I remembered a thing I watched this week that was very good. Do, do you mind if I divulge? Please. Um, the Great is a new Hulu original series about Catherine and Peter of Russia. Um, it stars Ellie Fanning, who is gorgeous, and Nicholas Holt, who has a funny face. And it's just the most hilarious show I've seen in a while. It's really good. It's goofy. It shows, like, people in the 18th century, like, talking. Like, I wouldn't say in a modern way, but, like, it shows them talking the way they probably actually talked, which you don't actually see in a lot of historical dramas. It's just like, you know, they're swearing and like being funny and like, it's just, it's a great show. I don't know how okay. to describe it, but it, my, my mom course, loves it. 
I didn't realize it was goofy and fun in that way, and that, that makes it more intriguing. And I forgot to mention, it is about Catherine trying to kill her husband and become the leader of Russia, which, spoiler alert, she does yep. at some point. R.I.P. Uh, <laughs> she's been dead for 200 years, but... Hey, she's still rolling pour one out for her. I got my Diet Pepsi right here. I, I thought that was a can of beer earlier, and I was like, that's odd for you. They don't need to know. They don't even need to know about what I don't do or that I just hit six months without alcohol. Six months? Whoa, good for you, Max. I mean, I ate a bunch of shrooms in those six months. And I, on the other hand, have not been sober for six months. (laughs) (laughs) I have been inebriated. I've been drinking in the big old apple. Uh, So... Should I talk about what I had to watch this week? Yeah, please. Cool. Um, so I so let me let me set the scene. The year is 1990. You haven't bathed in one week. Jerry Garcia is still alive. You are at a music festival in the woods in New York City. And who who is about to take the stage after an hour and a half of tuning? It is none other then widespread panic your favorite jam band they're from athens georgia they're fun they're southern they got a lot of goofy stuff going on and what do they play none other than the song aunt avis and you know who's in the music video for this song bruce stern no there are some old men not bruce stern though it's laura dern oh she's uh she's in this music video and I'm going to do something uh, we've never done here on Dern After Reading. I'm about to listen, not really listen to, but watch the music video live and describe it because I don't think there's a better way to do this without flashcards. Okay, so we're pulling it up right now. Do you have any whippets? I don't, you know, I... Do you have a I, cracker? You should just rip a cracker. You got a tank? I mean, your mom seemed super cool when I met her on Zoom. You guys have a tank? Yeah, my parents are really into uh, nitrous. That's yeah. their, their big... They watch The Sopranos and do nitrous at night. Take, yeah, take some balloons. Some K. Do you have pets? <laughs> you, you are experienced in ways I can only imagine. No, I don't have any ketamine, unfortunately. <sighs> All right. So really nothing right now. I mean, take a take a shot behind you before you watch this widespread video. <laughs> I please. can go to Arby's. I know Wooks love Arby's for some reason. I love Arby's. It, that might just be fish fans. I don't know the whole the whole rainbow of gross music fans, but <laughs> you know what? I'll say it. Sometimes I listen to the Grateful Dead instead of music. I think it's fun. <laughs> it's cute. The, that's a great joke you can make about any band or genre of music, and it's always funny. <laughs> Although um, folk punk is usually the funniest one. Sometimes I listen to folk punk instead of music. Alrighty, so Aunt Avis. For uh, legal reasons, we're not going to let you all listen to this, but I'm listening to it right now. We got Laura Dern on a bridge. She does a slow, sexy turn around. Her hair flows out of her face. She has a, a look of she doesn't look happy. Okay, now she's at a table with some people, and they all have a bottle. There's one light bulb hanging from the ceiling. There's a guy in a wheelchair behind her. Is she standing on the table? No, no, no. She's sitting at a table. Oh. Um, the, every, the two people seem to be her parents, and they're playing cards and smoking and drinking. 
real quick because i know this is a jam band is this gonna be 30 minutes long i was worried it's only three and a half okay great. also while all of this is happening there's panning shots of the band playing behind them in the barn very 1990 okay laura dern is running towards a train bridge and waving at the train going by perhaps she wants to escape oh now there's a large woman in a nightie that they're zooming in on who's watching them from the corner of the barn this is the most 1990 video it it gives me like if the texas chainsaw massacre was just like trailer trash people vibes as far as oh now the lead singer is dyed blue and you see him for only a second. Wait, no, he's the guy in the wheelchair. Okay, the lead singer's in a wheelchair. I don't know if he's real life in a wheelchair or not. Okay. He was trying to talk to Laura Dern and the parents threw something at her, like a bottle. So she's trailer trash and he's she is, the which I wheelchair lover. The Laura Dern trailer trash yes. dilemma. Okay, they, they keep showing the lead singer and sometimes he's blue and sometimes he isn't and I don't understand what that's supposed to mean. I know there's been some famous like blue inbred families and I don't know if that's what they're going for, but I'll get to that later. Let yeah, me... please come back to that. I, I have notes on this. Okay, now Laura Dern is in a nice suit dress and she's walking with the large woman who's now wearing like a like a fat Homer. Um, Mumu? Like um, a Mumu with buttons though. I'm glad, I'm glad you picked up on exactly sure. what yeah. I was looking for. Okay, they're just jamming right now. They're just rocking out. Oh, man. There's a lot of facial hair in this band. Everyone in this band just looks like a dad. Oh, we see the heavy lady. She's walking through trees. She seems happy. Lead singer's still in a wheelchair. Not sure what that's about. There's a bunch of ribbons hanging in the door of the barn, so maybe they're, like, successful trailer people. Oh, like, award-winning? Like, yeah, okay. show ribbons? Now the Prize tog? The whole band is just walking now on a farm, and Laura Dern is with them, and they're pushing the lead singer in a wheelchair, still not sure if he actually needs one. They're all walking towards a trailer now. They look like they're done, and they're just walking, like they're leaving. Laura Dern is dancing by the railroad bridge near the water. We're back to the panning shots of everybody playing cards at a table. Now there's an old man playing guitar and staring eye contact with the lead guitarist. And now they're all kind of just walking towards the trailer and uh, we pan out. Wow. So yeah. Um, ah, whew, that, was a, that was a doozy. Where do you want to start with that one? I Maybe <laughs> 1990s music videos. I feel like I could it's, picture like... Blind Melon, No Rain, there's a little bit, Black Hole Sun, it, except without it had, the um, lizard people, it had like Hey Sandy. Sandy. It had very, like, almost identical vibes to the Smells Like Teen Spirit music video that Weird Al did. As far as, like, <laughs> lighting and quality goes, like, it, it's right in that vein, except this one isn't funny at all. Yes. I'm looking at the lyrics now, which is something I did not do before. And it's definitely just about like a sad woman who wants to leave and her parents won't let her. And I guess the large woman in the Moo Moo is her aunt, who is Aunt Avis, the namesake for the song. So yeah, jam bands just singing about unhappy families, something we've never heard of in this world of ours. In the Uh, Dern After Eating world? 
yeah, no, I mean, we have, ver- we have very seldom talked about jam bands in Dirt After true. Movie. If you want to listen to our other podcast, Jam After Dirt, nah, no, that's not <laughs> I, I keep I keep swinging for the fences today, but hey, I'm not, I'm not Don't hold it. back, man. Don't, don't hold back. If you, if you want to cry, you can cry. It's okay. Uh, so, Jam Bands. It's an okay song. Like, I could groove to it. If it were on while I was on a boat, I'd be happy, but, like, I don't think I'm gonna go much further into the uh into the docket of their work maybe i will who knows widespread panic they seem interesting i'm really curious about this lead singer and i'm not going to look it up now but he sure is in a wheelchair for this whole thing it also feels weird that a jam band band member would be in a wheelchair i don't know why but why they have like 15 members and like statistically one of them's gonna be in a wheelchair <laughs> it's just it's a matter of odds really <laughs> Also, he's blue. Okay, so... Yeah, what? I forget the scientific reasons, but, like, it's something to do with either an iron deficiency or an iron, like, over... Proficiency? Over... Unficiency? Reficiency. Efficiency? Efficiency. Too too efficient in iron. But it... It was recorded in a few, I think there was a family in Virginia where like they were, they lived very deep in the woods and they were inbreeding and they, most of them had blue skin because they just like passed down this weird, like recessive or I guess dominant um, gene that like caused the skin to just take on a blue hue. And uh, yeah, that's the thing that's it's happening. Pretty rad. Yeah, it's, it's pretty like because cool. jaundice, I think is an iron reverse deficiency. Jaundice. Yeah, it's like reverse jaundice. Are ye- you're an art man. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, are yellow and blue opposites on any particular I, color wheel? I think they are. Yeah, probably. That makes sense. I think it's yeah, like it's not enough iron, orange. yellow. It's green, orange, blue. No, maybe yellow is red. Roy G. Biv. Roy G. Biv. Am I right? Pour one out for our boy Roy. And Cyan. He also, the lead singer, the kind of, digital he has, folk. He has very like Louis C.K. hair, like the the little mustache, the little goatee, and, like, the balding hair. And when he's blue, he just looks like a blue Louis C.K. Because his hair looks redder when his skin is tinted mm-hmm. blue. He looks like the guy um, the guy from Big Fat Liar, uh, Paul Giamatti, when he gets dyed blue in the swimming pool. Oh, yes. But, yeah. Um, so this is a weird music video. Don't really know what it means. I, like all music videos, it has no meaning, I assume. It's just a fun little fun, fun time. There was some nice behind-the-scenes video I found. None of it included any interviews with Laura Dern. Shame. I know. You'd think, considering she was literally the only famous person in the entire music video. Now, I trust you've already tweeted at all members of Widespread Panic. I'm waiting to roll Whether out- or not they were in the band in 1990. I, I plan on rolling out a Twitter campaign starting tomorrow towards Good. Widespread Panic. I... I t- plan to bring down their servers basically let them know that their silence on this issue is deafening um yeah silence is complacency and we know that now so um is widespread panic proud boys though no they're silent on the laura dern oh okay i was just trying to push push the uh buck down the line they're probably not proud boys the obvious next step from me is this band (laughs) Yeah. No, I could see you becoming like a jam band head. Oh, I, I, I'm a pretty big... I, I mean, don't I mean great, rules. I I'm just going to throw that out there. So I'm pretty into it. 
If y'all at home, if you haven't done ketamine, it's if, a tranquilizer. You know what that means? It's tranquil. If you feel lovely, if you just have a big old Ziploc bag of ketamine that's been sitting in it's your too much, before. far too much. No, don't I mean, not don't a zip it at once, but you know, get it, it enough to build a hobby. I love <laughs> <laughs> it's not an addiction, it's a hobby. It's a hobby, yeah. Get a little, you're, you're bored, quarantine, get a little K hobby. Holy cow. Um, oh, one last thing about this behind the scene footage. Um, it is incredible. It's just a great look at like 1990s music video tech. Like the thing, the thing they're doing, the pans on the pans on just looks like old railroad tracks, which I know is what they use, but like it just feels so much older, like 1990s. Like they have like the big boxy monitors that are showing playback. It's just, it's fun. It feels all old and cool. Yeah. And I'm like, ugh, imagine being a jam band in the 90s. Back in the day when you had to jack it in a movie theater. Back when you could. <laughs> Not like these oversensitive times, a bunch of snowflakes jacking it at home like cavemen. I get like Puritans. I don't know. <laughs> oh. Here's something we forgot to talk about. We're done with this now. Widespread okay. Panic you did a good job. Yeah, we we stretched that out pretty good. We stretched it longer than I thought it would go. So, uh, Weird Al Yankovic. Ooh. We forgot to talk about him, but we can do we it now. It's our show. We can do whatever we want. Go take it away. Um, so, Weird Al, I've been getting back into him again because, you know, times are tough. You need a you need a ha-ha here and there. And I've been hitting all the old classics. I've been doing Running With Scissors, Poodle Hat, um, the other ones. I've pretty much covered Bad most hair day yes that's it i couldn't think of the word um alpocalypse the newer ones are also very good yes and i've just been rediscovering some old hits that i forgot i mean i love weird alan i always have i've seen him live several times um he's a great man he's so weird god he's weird he's just so weird i would almost say too weird but he's not he's just the right amount of weird so what what, you, what would you say your favorite song is next by a mr weird al um, should I say the one we talked about? Or yeah, we can talk about that one. That's fine. Okay. Well, no, the one the one I put at number one, at least this year, uh, it's, it's it just drew me back, and it's so good. Um, Headline news, which is the crash test dummies. Mm-hmm. Once there was this kid who, but it's all about the like crazy news headlines from that particular moment in time in the early 90s so it's like Lorena Bobbitt the kid who went to Singapore and like got thrown in prison forever and got like caned for spray painting stuff is an international incident oh and Lorena Bobbitt wait did I say that one you did I did shit what's the third one? Oh, Tanya Harding yeah oh Tanya I wanted to grow up and be a figure skating champion. <laughs> it's so good. Go listen to Headline News. Thank uh, you. If there's a day where I don't laugh at Weird Al, put me out of my misery. Yeah, okay. He's, he's a great man. Um, I'd say one of my favorites right now, now that I'm like rediscovering his catalog, is definitely Pretty Fly for a Rabbi. Because I just, I love Jewish humor and I love like Fiddler on the Roof. So it's just the ultimate intersection of like, super Hasidic Jewish culture with like funny ha-has. Uh, pretty fly for a rabbi. That was a, like a, a pretty important album for me, Running With Scissors. 
in my youth. I specifically remember it goes hand in hand with Donkey Kong 64. I played Donkey Kong 64 and I listened to Weird Al and that was my life for a while. If Donkey Kong is the very expensive steak, Weird Al's running with scissors is the fine wine you pair it with. I, I don't drink. The fine... Diet Pepsi. The fine Diet Pepsi. <laughs> Pepsi's better than wine. Why can't I just drink Pepsi? <laughs> oh, Seinfeld. Anyway, um, so Albuquerque. That's what we're here to talk about. That's what this whole, this whole 16 episode podcast up till now has been us waiting to talk about the song Albuquerque by Weird Al Yankovic. First of all, I, and now I'm realizing I have no idea what to say. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not going to get into the history. It's just, it's not a, it's an original song, which those are always fun. I love when he does original work because it's always good. And uh, yeah, this is just like a, I think it's like 12 minutes long, give or take. It's a long one. And it's just like a rambling story. The story of his real life. <laughs> Where uh, his plane crashes on the way to Albuquerque, perhaps? Does. At one point, he gets married and then leaves his wife and children. One of his children's name is Superfly, by the way. And that is one of my favorite parts of that <laughs> song. I think it's like, we had two kids. Their names were George and Superfly. Do you remember why he su- survived the plane crash? He had his tray table up in the full upright position. And, and then there's a in the chorus full upright of position. him and the band going, in the full upright position. On the trade table. Yep. So. And yeah. And then he leaves his wife because she wants to like, she wants to do some like silly little thing. And he's like, I'm not ready for that kind of commitment, baby. And, <laughs> and then, there's uh weasels. There's yes, there's a weasel. That's how he meets his wife. He, <laughs> he goes to the donut shop and he asks for all these flavors of donuts and they say no. And then the guy says, all I have is this box of weasels. And Weird Al says, yeah, I'll take the weasels. And then they're attacking him, and the love of his life comes up and says, "Hey, you got weasels on you." And then, just that's just it like is weird. Life. Now that I think that's about it, his and wife. It's, it's worth mentioning. Yes, they were out of bear claws. Yes, they were. Oh, but yeah, um, there's a few parts, where, more than one part, where he mentions a hermaphrodite who beats him. That's true. Yeah, that feels uh, problematic well. now. You know. I think he gets a pass. Because you like him, Nick? Because you're a fan? No, I don't know. I mean, it is like a medical term. And it's a funny word. I mean... It is a funny word. It's not like he was using it to be mean towards people that are... are Whatever the more acceptable term for hermaphrodite is now, I guess, intersex. But yeah, you know, he's a good man. He deserves nothing but fun. Fun. Fun and good times. Do you know where the name hermaphrodite comes from? I would say um, Hermaphrodite. Hermes, Hermes and Aphrodite. Wait, is that actually how you pronounce her name, or is it just Aphrodite? Aphrodite is a woman. Okay, I'm gl- Hermes I'm glad is a no man. Well, neither of them are either of those things. They are both gods. Ah, yes. A they-them god. Well, there are two different gods. And for, ah. for some reason, that word is a, just a combination of their two names. It is a portmanteau. Those. What's the yins? There we go. Yins. Yins. My Pittsburgh listener out there. We got one? First we got I know Finland one, and now we got Pittsburgh? I know one person. Is it Norway? Don't be not. mad at me, Bronte. He's, Bronte has still not uh, contacted me about our gracious mentioning of her existence. So 
We no longer ship Bronte. She is off. Nope. Who do we got? She's out of here. Um, I don't know. I am right now just looking at our stats real quick to see if there's been any drastic changes. Um, nope. We still have Norway. We still have America. Things are going well. We got we got one Michigan this week. Who knows who that is? But you know what they call those? What Michiganders? Mi- <laughs> that's true. I was trying to think of a funny, funnier thing, but that's something about a goose and a mi- the Michigoose. What's Thank good you. for the Michigoose is good for the Michigander. That, I hate how good. That's that is. also about gender. My, my, I have a friend who is from Missouri. And um, she spells it misery all the time. Like, that's the only way she'll spell it. And when people try to correct her, she says, no, it's right. And then she just doesn't say anything. And it's not really a joke. She just hates misery, but, you know. She hates know. misery? No, but she says misery. But she says misery. I don't know if you've ever been to Missouri, but. <laughs> I have. Oh, um, did you have a good time? <laughs> $160 playing blackjack at a casino. Whoa. While I was driving across the country. No, no misery in Missouri. No, I saw the arch. Oh, yeah, I forgot that's there. Yeah. <sighs> really makes you think, doesn't it? About Missouri. People it's say Missouri. That's true. Well, Max, you know, some people some people like one hole and some people like the other, and you, you can't say no two ends about it. Missouri loves I am just barely treading water here oh gosh golly good golly you want to know what you're watching next week Max I'd love to well it's your turn I feel like we haven't hit David Lynch in a while and I get the feeling this this is the week I think Nick Nick's got some David Lynch coming his way I'm sorry to upset you but neither of us has some David Lynch I have a movie I kind of remember wanting to see, so that'll be something. My big turn next week is Year of the Dog, which is directed by Mike White, whoever that is. Um, It has a bunch of- Fuck yourself. What? Fuck yourself. I I just don't- Oh, okay, I know who that is. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, no, you don't. No, no, you don't. You'll know. We'll watch. We'll watch and light. was the guy that was totally Sarah Silverman's bottom in School of Rock. That- may be true that is a thousand he, he kind of looks like powder he did he was also in zombie land he's a good man and i love him i'm sorry he, he created you know you know the one enlightened starring laura dern and still to date i don't think you've topped it for me dern that's still my numero uno you've, you've never been topped by dern not even in your dreams i'm always in my dreams <laughs> uh, in my car Anyway, uh, I don't need to talk about I don't like to kiss and tell. Uh, you know that song, Behind Closed Doors? I love that song. Anyway, so it's about a beagle who dies, and uh, Molly Shannon is in it. She oh, looks it's for- the whole Enlightened crew. Oh, yeah. is she- um, Jason Manzoukas in it? I- about Luke Wilson. Look, 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 okay, we'll do this next week. I don't want to get in the weeds. So her dog died. She's trying to fill voids in her life. Um, she brings in treats for her coworkers. There's a love affair with John C. Riley. Yes. I don't know. It looks like a fun time. I'm going to enjoy it. I'll definitely look into Enlightens, though, because I'm not super familiar with it. 
It's the don't do it yet. We'll we'll get there. I mean, I'll look. I'll just do we'll some grazing. We'll I want to do the whole lineage. I want to do a good okay. big turn. I feel like All last right. week I kind of shipped in Star Wars. Oh, that's true. Yeah, nailed in Star Wars. While we're on Star Wars, we can redeem ourselves by bringing up what was my second favorite song from Running with Scissors, um, which was the Saga Begins, the American Pie yes, parody about the Phantom Menace, which frankly is the only good thing about the For several tours, his closing has been that he will come out in a Jedi robe with several Star Wars characters and he will do Yoda and then the Saga. Ah, that's it a good finish. So Strong fun. finish, Al. And then love what you're doing. His at the end, he'll always like do some crazy, ridiculous um, accordion solo, and then he'll his whole accordion over his head on his hand. God, he's a maniac. I love that man. I wish listeners could see the the boyish <laughs> joy on your face right now. I love, I love Weird Al. He's so good. I if I could be quarantined with him, I would. If I could just be quarantined with him, his daughter, and his wife and play, like, board games, that would be the happiest I could ever be. Yeah. There's no topping it. And then I think about the King of the Hills um, clip where Bobby says something about Weird Al and Hank is like, Weird Al killed himself in the 90s when people stopped buying his records. (laughs) (laughs) Just so dumb and funny. Anyway, so you'll be watching a little bit of a different feature film. Well, let's call it a television film. Love those. The year is... It is September 20th, 2001. Wow, we're getting back to the 2001 (laughs) stuff. Three weeks before 9-11. This This was after 9-11. No, it wasn't. September 20th? No, it's August 20th. August. So it's like three weeks. You better not edit in you saying August the first time. I said August. I will edit as I please. So I will give you the, it's a TV film, came out then. It's a drama. I'll just give you the short little, short little thingy here. A woman behind bars learns to reach out to someone with whom she has almost nothing in common as she begins to help others an inspiring true story. Also, Laura Dern is a, is a nun. Is it, it sounds like, you know, that one with Sean Penn and Susan Sarandon. The truth will set you free. That one. I think it's. Is that who she is? What's the movie? Um, it's called Within These Walls. It has Ellen Burson in it. I don't know what the true story is, but you know, you'll find out. I just wonder if she's that woman. Who is I don't know. Woman. Um, oh no, she's not like the main character. No, no, no. Uh, yeah. Wait, that's a thriller. Sister that's Paul not it. Yeah, I found there is a different one that came out in like 2020 with the Ellen same. Ellen Burstyn, Laura Dern. Ellen Burstyn plays Joan Thomas. Oh, none Laura Dern's weird. This is gonna be weird. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a time. Oh, okay. Got- well, the only available. Oh, I can get the DVD on Amazon for twenty four ninety nine, but it's also available by a third party seller for three hundred twenty eight dollars and nine cents. <laughs> If anybody wants to donate, three hundred and twenty-nine and three cents. Uh, three twenty-eight oh nine. Ah, that's it. If anybody wants to donate that, um, give us a ring. Our numbers are on give the us billboard. A diamond ring. 
and we will fence it. I know a guy. And if there's any kids listening, I want you to go into your mommy's um, jewelry box and grab anything shiny and mail it to Max Care of Dirt After Reading. No, no, no. I don't, I don't need the shiny. Let's skip the middleman. I want you, any, any children listening who have sick pets. First of all, you're so cool for listening to this show. If, I if don't know how you found us. Has, has your little kitten have a, a broken leg? <laughs> Mommy and Daddy got to feed. Nail it to us and we will fix it. <laughs> Guaranteed two-week return. Anybody got a horse? <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, this week we had Trailer Park Dern. Next week we'll have Nun Dern. Dern can do anything. That's what she taught me this week. She could be in a music video. She could be a nun. That's what you learned about Dern? She can go to protests. She is is a well-rounded blonde woman. And that's what we need in these. I want to tell a fun, my my favorite bit of media consumption. Oh, please, um, go on. From, from this last week, because you reminded me with the protests, and I was thinking Dern, I was thinking L.A. And so there is, I've got to make a super cut of this, because it was fantastic. So the police chief of L.A. said, after some protesting, and there was some violence and rioting, said that George Floyd's death is on the hands of the looters and the rioters which is somewhat horrible, horrible, monstrous, shitty, monster cop thing to say. And so people in LA weren't too thrilled about that. And the next day, there was a Los Angeles Police Commission meeting uh, via Zoom with live callers that was eight hours long. And I was doing work and just had this on in the background. And it's eight hours of beautiful rage and anger and wonderful stories and beautiful stories. And just watching this whole commission um, just look like ghouls. And so I recommend it. There are like some cuts that like local media had, but I want to cut, I want to like do a super cut of all the like really vulgar ones that they wouldn't air because they're fantastic but you can find the whole thing on zoom and for me it was a personal catharsis because my old boss when i lived in la is now a member of the los angeles police commission oh i had some issue with this particular person and so to see that there's a beautiful catharsis let me say if you ever get the chance to watch your boss get called a fascist on a live stream to 27,000 people, it will fill you with a joy you've never known. Oh, Max, I can only imagine how good that felt. (laughs) (laughs) It's all coming back to me. It was beautiful. Uh, Biggest orgasm. And I think uh, I would be remiss if I didn't point out that, holy shit, there was more progress in this last week in this country than there's been in our lifetime. I mean, pretty much, which is good, but kind of bad that it took this for it to happen. Oh, yeah, it took this because, you know, it's hell world and everything's wrong. But all of a sudden, we have power, and there's this ability we can watch, we can see what we can do with that power. It was always the case that if there were enough of us getting loud about something, 
that things would change because we have collective power and we're watching that unfold. And I think that's wonderful and couldn't be more necessary at this time with our, you know, our failed state isn't going to save us from a pandemic. Um, they're not going to save black lives. They're not going to do anything. Um, let's just do it. Let's make that our job and let's, uh, let's seize all the power. Let's all read Conquest of Bread. I think, um, I think the first thing we should do with this newfound power after, um, you know, reorganizing social structures is to bring, bring back Prince. If we all want to... Don't wanted... you think Min- Minneapolis has been in the spotlight enough? But this would be good. Like they got one. <laughs> it got, I mean, but They like... got the reform. The city council wants to defund it... the police. It's good, and that is happening, but now we need to move on to the next hurdle, which is use our group psychic powers to bring back Prince, the horniest man alive. Everything went downhill when he died. It's true. It's still the greatest Onion headline of all time. God. I uh, do, do, do you know what it is? I, I tried to tell my, my um, partner, but I couldn't remember the exact wording. Do you remember what it was? Nation too sad to fuck, even though it's what he would have wanted. That's what it was. Ugh. God, the horniest man there ever was. Good for him, though. The he, horniest Jehovah's Witness of all. He, time. <laughs> he really, he really was intersectionality. <laughs> he was everything. Plus, hey, short guy, short guy, Hall of Fame. Short little man with a jazzy scooter. We got Prince. Dreams. We got Tom Cruise. We got Michael J. Fox. And we got you. We got me. No, no. What? I'm not short guy Hall of Fame. I don't know. I mean, for this podcast, you are. All right. Hey, (laughs) listeners. You're you're so Write me, nominate me. (laughs) Nominate me, 2020. Nominate me for the fake Hall of Fame that I made up. (laughs) I I love that you wouldn't put yourself in your own created Hall of Fame. You had to be nominated. (laughs) No, it's like for, it's for real shortcut. It's like for like James Madison. You're not mad with power. You understand that the world. I'm not mad with Darren Power. That is correct. Not yet. You do not have a Napoleon complex, but you sure... Napoleon? Not in the Short Guy Hall of Fame. Largely because he wasn't short enough. He was in the... There's a statue of him in the bathroom at the Short Guy Hall of Fame. (laughs) He holds the paper towel roll. It's fun. (laughs) It's novelty Napoleon. He was five foot seven. Yeah, he wasn't even short. The only short guy thing I get angry about. And in his jacket because he had boils. Yep, that's what you do when you have boils. Got it itchy, itchy while they do that painty, painty. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that'd be cute. That felt, right? that felt vaguely cute. racist. And I don't know Wait, how. <laughs> we'll let the listeners decide, proud boy. You know what they say about those French people always scratching. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Max. Well, I think this might be it. No, let's keep going. We're doing so well. Stretch it out, baby. I made made some tilapia. Oh, never done that before. It's delicious. I had some enchiladas last night. Oh, what kind? Like enchiladas, suizas. Um, they were just beef. They were from On the Border, a popular Mexican chain restaurant. Casual dining at its finest. I must say, though, it is one of the quality ones. It is good chips. It is good. Like, I would say, like, that is a place I would take, like, a Mexican grandmother. <laughs> if I just was a lot. If you were. D- 
If the so, government hey, gave one in lieu of my unemployment this week, that's where I would take her. To a <laughs> X-Mex yes. casual dining chain restaurant. Think, she might not love it, but I think she would find a pre- a appreciation in it. I am sorry, my mouth is in just the, not... In the mariachi band playing what, what La Cucaracha. To, where <laughs> is that on the border? I feel like that... I've never seen a live band there, but hey, maybe. I've been to restaurants in that vein that have live mariachi bands and they come that around, thing you know. It's a different thing, my guy. I'm talking about on the border TM right now. I'm talking about the one and only, the, the top dog. That sweet fajita sizzle on the border. That's how you know they're good. They're still sizzling when they pop them on that table for you. Look, I'm a man of the people. Taco Bell all day. It's pretty good. I, I had my first not dollar menu item from Taco Bell the other day. Not bad. Wow, Nick's becoming a grown-up. I'm I'm a cheap little boy. I like to spend exactly $3.16 for my dinner, and <laughs> maybe I'll get fancy and have a Baja Blast, but who knows? When I was in seventh grade, we used to ride our bikes to Taco Bell in Old Brookville, and it was just like anything to keep busy in the summer. So we'd go there and eventually we ran out of cash from like dollar menu stuff because we were children. Mm-hmm. And my friend stole $50 from his little brother from like his fifth grade. Like it was like communion money or something. And he stole it and he bought us a bunch of Taco Bell. I will not out him on this podcast, but if you're listening and you know who you are, thank you. I made a great joke, but would you you say I missed it? That if you want to say he's gay, you can just do it. It's Pride Month. (laughs) Out your friends. Out your friends. It's Pride Month. Hey, Bill from third grade. I know you're gay, and everybody knows. That's that's what this is all about. It is. Uh, That's one of my favorite. um, uh, those five-second short films. Oh, yeah. It, the, yeah the, they made one, and it was called Company Outing, and it was like a bunch of people in a grassy <laughs> field, and there was a sign that said Company Outing, and it's just like a guy pointing at another guy, and they're like, he's like, Terrence is gay, and Terrence is like, what? And then it's over, and I just... <laughs> yeah. It's a funny video. It's a little it's, haha. Yeah. It's a little haha when times are not so haha. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, are, do you want to keep doing this or do you want to? No, I, I, I mean, I think we've, really we've done enough. Going. We can just talk. I don't know. What else you got? Nah, I think Pump it, baby. Good. Keep it going. Let her ride. Encore. Encore. We'll just make this a 24-7 live radio channel. <laughs> just like a coast to coast. Really yeah. trying to get, get, like, get an amplifier for your proud boy ideas, aren't you? Well, I'm asleep. Nick's <laughs> just gonna you know bust out the tiki torches. There, that's what I think about you, Max. Wrinkle static. Wrinkle static. That's what they call me. That's my that's my beat boy name. At your meetings. Stop that! Stop that right now! I don't go to meetings. At your meetings in the woods. <laughs> Wait. Okay. No. One more thing. Now we're done. I swear. Please. I heard this thing. You should see thing. him so proud. Shut up. I heard this thing um, that, you know how, like, it was popular in the 70s and 80s for people to, like, see, like, groups of people in the woods with, like, fires and stuff and think it was Satanists. And, like, that's how the whole satanic panic kind of took off. 
in sure. almost every case, it was probably just a clan meeting that they didn't know what was happening. Oh, that make, makes a it's, lot of sense. It happened a lot, like, in the South and in, like, woodier areas. And, I, like, I heard that that was the cultural explanation. I was like, that's crazy, but also, like, makes a lot that of sense. That makes perfect sense. Which is wild. That They said, oh, it must be the punk kids. Isn't it weird that, like, the and clan... And not the, the, you know, the racist murderers with yeah. dumb dumb titles it took it took those uh wizards and dragons a bunch of years to make everyone satanists and you know i'm i'm happy they did they did one thing right <laughs> they brought satan to the forefront of american consciousness where he belongs <laughs> and that is the during after reading official stance <laughs> no, no it's not <laughs> i do not associate with this proud boy goodbye <laughs>